Hi, and welcome to Freelance to Founder Shorts. I'm Preston Lee. I am Clay Mosley, and you've probably heard our in-depth coaching calls with everyday freelancers who want to scale their business. Now, we're helping even more freelancers each week with Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10-minute episodes focused on answering one question from a listener like you. To get your question answered, visit freelancetofounder.com slash ask. And now let's dive into today's question. All right, this week's uh, question was submitted on our website at freelance2founder.com slash ask and uh, submitted by Brittany. Brittany, thanks so much for taking the time to submit a question. She says, I'm a freelance designer and a marketer located in New York. My question is, how do you keep clients engaged once they've signed on? She says, I have a few clients that have signed up for monthly marketing support, et cetera, et cetera, but the problem is I can't get anything out of them. I need content and updates. I've tried emails, I've tried setting up monthly check-in meetings, but nothing seems to really work. And because of this, I feel I'm failing them. She says, they're paying their bills, but at the end of the day, I don't feel good about it because my results aren't what they could be. I would love any advice. So Clay, I think we've chatted about this in a full length episode previously, but it's been a minute. Um, We've probably learned some things since Mm -hmm. then. So. We'll be right back after this quick uh, break from our sponsors, and Clay and I will do our best to answer Brittany's question. We'll be right back. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Clay. Brittany's in a tough place here. She's got some clients, but they're not engaged. They're they're paying their bill and uh, they're not like sending her content or updates or responding to her emails, which some for some people would be like a dream, right? It's like, eh, free yeah. money, don't have to do any work. But for most of us, it feels kind of like, well, 
I'm failing them. I'm sort of cheating them out of their money or I, you know, I don't want it to blow up in my face then to ask for a refund. What, what What's yep. kind of going through your mind here first, Clay? You know, this, this happens to every, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, um, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like, you know, the really cheap gyms that are like $10 mm, a month. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, and, and that business model <laughs> banks on people not showing up. Yeah. Cause if everyone showed and, up and, and you, you could never get a machine or whatever. Yeah. Plus yeah. it's like fire code, right? Like, yeah, that's not, true. yeah. I, I mean, it's like, so they, they totally bank. That's why they make it so cheap. Um, it reminds me of that, but like, it's, it happens to everybody. You're, you're always going to have like some of these clients there are ways to, to help mitigate this. Um, one is, uh, you know, like one is just setting those expectations on the front end. So like one of the things that, that I do on the front end, and I'm very, very, very clear. And I do this multiple times, by the way, is I say, Hey, uh, the expectations, I want to set the expectations, but not just from me, but with you as the client, right? So a lot of people, when they have that expectations conversation with the client during the onboard, onboarding process, they always talk about what they, the service provider, is going to provide. Hmm. But they never talk about what they expect from the client. And so I think that's a that's the other half of the conversation that needs to be had because uh like I I I used to have this problem um and and then now I started having that conversation of like okay here's the expectations of me like what I'm going to deliver now I want to talk about the expectations of you Mr. and Mrs. client like this is what I expect from you I need I expect you to show up on calls Mm-hmm. Every week, mm-hmm. I expect you to pro- to provide this or do the homework or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that during a sales call, but then like once they onboard and they actually pay the money, become a client, then I do it again. Mm. I do it again during the onboarding call, which those are two different calls. Sales call, onboarding call, yep. two different yep, calls. For sure. Right? So I do it again with that. And I do it a third time. In an email after the onboarding call, just kind of re- re- reiteration, and so like that way, like, that way I like, and I record the onboarding call for my clients. Um, so like, in in the email that I send that send to them, I say I, I type out all the expectations on both part both parties, but I, I also put a link to the recorded call. So that way. If later down the road you are having issues from the client not delivering on their end, you can reference this email that is timestamped and there there's a, a written record and a video record saying, "Hey, do you remember when we had this conversation about expectations?" So that that's what I do. Yeah. Um, that's worked really well for me. Yeah, I've 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 done something similar. I do this particularly with bigger clients. I would say like smaller or one-off projects. I don't, I don't worry about this as much, but like I'll put it all in a, a contract and um, you know, it, it clearly states, I mean, just, just like you want to clearly state your scope, you, like you said, Clay, you have to state their scope, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, but you're going to do this. And and in the event that you fail to provide me with this, I can't hold up my side of the contract. So, okay. So identifying scope, laying that out ahead of time and, 
early on in the relationship, that's important. So what if you've done all that, you've laid it out and people still, uh, still kind of just are ghosting you? Like, do you, I think this is really, really the question in my mind, at what point do you just like cancel their subscription and stop taking their money? Because again, man, free money, right? Like Mm technically, they technically, technically like technically on paper now morals and ethics aside for just a minute technically on paper you can bill them for as long as they'll let you but then obviously you want to be able to sleep at night um, feel good about your business so at at what point do you just cut them off uh you know okay so let's make the assumption that this the onboarding process is done exactly what i just explained um and then and then they still you still have problems with their responsiveness and them getting to do their their part um, you got to have that conversation. You got to have get on Zoom or do it in person. Like it ha- actually has to be a conversation, not over email um, or text or or just you know written format. Um, I think you have that conversation and you be very transparent and you say, "Hey, it, your success, like our success, this relationship success, is dependent on both of us delivering what." we both said that we're going to do. If one of us doesn't do that, then this is not going to work. So, and then at that point, like have that conversation, client's going to say, okay, yeah, I'll do my part. If after that, they still don't do it, then that's where you go. That's where you should, you should end the contract. Yes. It's, it's very, very (laughs) appealing to just keep going and just take the people's money. But let me just tell you, like from personal experience is that one thing that's very, very likely to happen, I think one of two things or both is later down the road, if you if you continue making taking that client's money and nothing's just really being done, not to your fart, not fart, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not to your fault, right? It's the client's fault. Yep. All right. We, we all know this. Um, but what's going to happen is one, six months down the road, the client's going to be upset. Mm hmm. They're going to be upset at you. Yep. And it doesn't matter how many times you you've said, "Hey, you know, like I remember like expectations yep. blah, blah blah." They're, they're still going to be matter. upset. Yep. And there's only going to be one person they're upset at and it's going to be you. And the second thing that that will probably happen is they're going to try to ask for a refund. Yep. Now, yeah, that's I- either going to be Yeah, sorry, go no, ahead. No, I'm just going to say they're they're going to be mad and they're going to want a refund and whether and whether or not like you you may not be able to give them a refund depending on how you run your business. You know, a lot of people use recurring revenue, as we've advised, as cash flow in their business to invest in growth in their business. So that's a smart thing to do if you're sure you're keeping that money. Now, if someone comes back 12 months later and is like, I need a whole year's worth of refunds, and I've had people do that, um, not because necessarily I neglected the client, but because just more of a subscription service and they said they didn't use the service, right? And so it's like, Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, okay, yeah, you maybe didn't use it as much as you expected to, but is it my fault that you didn't cancel the subscription? It becomes this whole thing. It's like, if I don't cancel my Netflix, can I call up Netflix and say I'd like a refund right. back on those 12 months? And most likely, no. Um, I don't actually know their policy. Some companies will give it back to you. But all that, all that to say, like, they are going to be mad. They are going to want a refund. And all that's going to lead to is bad publicity, bad reviews, um, mm-hmm. just a bunch of stuff you don't want. So it's not worth... And now you with, burn that that yeah. that bridge yeah. with that client. Like that client will never do business with you again. For sure. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. And you so potentially that, put your business what, in a hard place because it's like, well, maybe you don't have the money to refund them or maybe you do, but it's, but no one wants that big of a deficit all at once, a whole year's worth of client revenue gone in a month. Like that's not good either. Mm-hmm. So there's just not really a good outcome for letting that happen. I, I would add yeah. uh, to, there's a couple tools you can use. So my good friend, uh, Jimmy Rose, he has a company called Content Snare and um people all kinds of professionals use it like attorneys use it and um creatives use it to collect content from their clients and what the tool does is it sort of automates that process for you so some of the reasons and this this actually a side, quick side note this could be a good um a good thing to consider is to ask yourself like why aren't they getting back to me right have i made it mm-hmm. have i not made it easy to respond or to communicate or have i not made it easy to upload files like maybe Maybe they like Google Drive and I'm asking them to upload to Dropbox or something, right? Are there are there things I could do to sort of lower the barrier and ease the friction on on that sort of thing? And Content Snare is, is one of those tools, and this isn't a promo or whatever, but um, I love Jimmy and his work, and um, Content Snare will basically automate, like they'll they'll send, so you set it up and then and then clients can easily, without logging in, they can just upload files. And um, if they don't upload files, it'll send them an email and say like, hey, Jimmy's still waiting for da-da-da-da-da. Um, be sure to upload that by this deadline so the project can stay on pace. Like it, it takes care of all of that wrangling of images and text and whatever. So that could be a helpful tool as well. Um, I'm sure there's other... That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's other tools like that, but, but it kind of automates that whole process. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That, yeah. that brings up kind of another point, mm-hmm. side point for me. Um, is if, if, if some, if you guys like see this as like a recurring issue with clients, then it's probably not the clients. It's probably your process. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just saying, yeah. like, I, I actually had a conversation with someone about this, someone I'm, I'm coaching. And at first I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's a bad client, you know, blah, blah, blah. I had that conversation. And then, and then like, and then my client was like, well, you know, it's happening over again, like with multiple clients. I'm like, okay, bro. Like, I think you're, there's something wrong with your process. Yep. It's not the clients. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's what it ended up being. It was like clients, you just got to remove, remove as much friction as possible yeah. with, with clients. Stuff, yep. So. Yep. Yeah. I think using software like that to automate that or, or like even hiring someone really, um, it could be really l- sort of low level VA kind of person. And I'm not saying the person that does this for me is a low level VA because he is like one of the most important people on my team. But I have a member of my team that interfaces with our clients and sponsors um, to make sure that all runs smoothly. So like I'm there in the first during the onboarding, we do the deal, we sign the contract. But then at some point I say, this is Bilal and he's going to just handle, he's going to collect all the assets we need. He's going to make sure the campaign runs smoothly. He's going to make sure everything happens on time. And like, he just handles all that so that, so that I don't mess it up <laughs> and, and so that I can focus on the actual work that needs to get completed. So that's an option too. Um, you could always hire someone. Um, so, so, I mean, it feels like that's always the solution, right? Some software or a person or a process, mm. a tool, mm-hmm. a person yeah. or a process will solve your problem. So, Anything else to add there, Clay? Nope. That's it. All right. Well, uh, Brittany, thanks so much. We hope that was helpful, and uh, we'd love to hear back from you. You can uh, respond 
We'll shoot you a quick email so you have our email addresses, or you can just uh, leave another little response at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We'll definitely see it there. And if you have any more questions, we'd love to answer them as best we can. Thanks for taking time to submit. And Clay Mosley from getdripify.com. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time today, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. All right, see See ya. ya. Thanks for listening to this Freelance to Founder short. Subscribe in your favorite podcast player for more shorts and full-length coaching sessions each week. Freelance to Founder is a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Podglomerate. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app by visiting freelance2founder.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell us why by leaving a review. Until next time, thanks for listening. See ya. See ya. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description.